Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally, Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go, business storytellers. Hey, how's everyone doing today? We want to talk specifically about Gen Z. How's business storytelling different for them? Do we care? Do we need to do it today? Can we take our time? They're pretty young still, under age 25, I believe. But maybe it's like softball. My seven-year-old is already learning to pitch. She doesn't even pitch for two more years. So maybe we shouldn't wait until the last minute to understand um, any audience that we're trying to reach. Um, today, we're actually going to be talking to Hannah Ben Shabbat. She wrote Gen Z 360, a fantastic book. Check it out on Amazon. And uh, we want to dive further into the topic of who's Gen Z? Why do we care? What do we do? How are they different? So here she is. Hannah, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. Give me a fist bump right here. Right there. <laughs> right there. Um, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Um, and, you know, Gen Z is an interesting topic to me because certainly it is easy to, to kick the can down the road, so to speak, right? Do, why do I care about somebody who is under 25 today? Um, maybe I do, maybe I don't. But um, tell us about why do we need, why do brands need to worry about uh, Gen Z today? Well, one, one thing is that they are the consumer of the future. And although they are only, you know, the oldest is 24 right now, 25 depends on where you kind of draw the line. They already have substantial amount of spending power. Last year, we published a study that shows that it, for the Gen Zers who are between 16 and 24, there is already $360 billion in disposable income. So I don't believe that any brand can ignore that. In addition to that, you have all the younger Gen Z and these who live with their parents who influence their household spending. So every brand wants to have a piece of the pie. What's interesting to me too is that um, you say they have certain spending power. Uh, what is the youngest uh, age for Gen Z? Six. Six? I mean, mm -hmm. so so if you ask me, I'm a dad of two girls in who are Gen Z, you know, one eight and one fourteen. Um, they don't have a ton of money themselves. I'm not saying I have a ton of money either, but they certainly have some impact on the money I'm spending, right? So certainly um, that's also something to, to keep top of mind. So when we talk about, when we think about storytelling, you know, certainly it's important to know our audience, to understand them, to know their pain points, all that typical thing. Uh, but, but how about Gen Z? What's important to keep top of mind? specifically for that group? I believe that the one, one of the things that is absolutely most important to understand about Gen Z and storytelling is that the bar for creative storytelling for this generation is really much higher than it's ever been. It, Gen Zers were shaped by years of using 
social medias platforms and their phones, et cetera, et cetera. And they became not only consumers of digital content, but creators of digital content to the point that I would argue this is a generation of media experts. They have an uncanny ability to judge and critique everything that is in front of, me, of them. So when they see in a brand communication, it's very easy for them to judge what's behind it and what the people behind that brand are trying to do and, and to say, and they appreciate creativity. So you really have, you're really marketing to experts. And that's something that I think every company has to keep in mind when developing storytelling for this generation. So certainly, I mean, it takes a little bit of um, practice and time to learn how to read things online, understand things and double check them. And, and there's still a lot of people who are struggling with that. I mean, just look at the news cycle today and the, we're not going to get into politics here, but yeah. certainly the way everything gets spun in politics. Now, but what you're saying is Gen Z actually has had a lot of practice, right? Like this is like my BS detector on this is up. Um, I don't believe it. And I still remember um, this was definitely not a Gen Z. And I'm, I'm trying to think what this person may have been. Uh, maybe Gen X probably is my guess. Um, but um, she says, well, their website says that they're the best in the market. And of course, everybody's website says we are the best in this market, right? Like right. there's nobody, nobody is sourcing that or anything. Well, I shouldn't make, um, you know, blanket statements like that. But most people aren't sourcing it. Some people find a way to phrase it differently and say, you know, we were number two on the top whatever hundred list of in whatever industry. Um, so, but because Gen Z grew up in this, they already have that, let's call it BS detector, yeah. um, kind of build in a little bit more or no? Yes, absolutely. And that's, that's what I'm saying. They are so capable of judging what is in front of them. And also because they are creator of digital content themselves and they are very creative, they're expecting much more from brands. So, you know, how you actually put together a story, how do you deliver it is going to be super important to them. It's beyond just the BS meter. Well, but it's also, it's a good example of, I mean, the thing I've been preaching for a long time and I'm certainly not Gen Z by any stretch of the imagination, on, um, you know, we have to tell more authentic stories. We have to tell them differently. We can't just, you know, look at us, look at us, look how cool we are or, mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, so maybe, uh, do you think because of Gen Z's push, that's going to happen? Like, is that is that a thing that, that pushes brands to be more authentic, to tell better stories, to tell better mediums, to, to use better mediums? Uh, or is that, am, am I just... Uh, having a spout of wishful thinking here? No, I think I think we have to kind of maybe break storytelling into its component. And what I believe is that the core principles of storytelling are the same no matter what generation you are. And stories is really what makes us humane. And storytelling has been around since the Stone Age, you know, people were gathering around the campfire and telling stories and listening to stories. So it is an old, storytelling is an old notion. And even if you look at the teaching of storytelling, 
from Joseph Campbell to Robert McKee or Brand Stories, the principles are always the same. There is a hero, the hero go through the, you know, the journey that is full of challenges, he, over, he or she overcomes them and are transformed by that experience. And that's what makes stories interesting. And because we can put ourselves in the shoes of that hero. But I think when it comes to Gen Z, there is a slightly, because they understand these principles almost in an intuitive way, their expectations on the creative side is really much higher. And then we have to think about two aspects of it. One is how we, what is the content, if you like, of what we're delivering to Gen Z and how we deliver it. And from a content perspective, it's impossible to think about storytelling to Gen Z without thinking about the values that this generation cares about so much. And that could be diversity, sustainability, equality, community, all these things becoming tools, if you like, and, and core concept that can feed storytelling for Gen Z. And I think that's, these are the things that resonate with them. In terms of how we deliver stories for Gen Z, I think it's really one thing is the authenticity of, of it. And the second thing is the consist, consistency of it. And I, again, they have a really developed BS meter. So you have to be authentic. They, they demand that. It's not and nice to have anymore. It's a must have. And, uh, and, and telling story <clears throat> in, an in an authentic way, you can, there are many ways of doing that. It's, you can use influencers, you can use real people in your advertising and so on and so forth. But I think the other thing is consistency because I see many companies who think that just because they put one post on Instagram that has you know, real people, or they had one campaign that kind of tell a little story in an authentic way that, that makes them an authentic brand. And it's not because you have, to, if you want to deliver stories in an authentic manner, you have to do it day, on a daily basis. Yes, I, I actually think that's that's something a lot of brands, and I think maybe this is actually a generational thing a little bit too. Um, because back in the day, right, marketing was um, episodal, I guess, or episodic, mm -hmm. I don't know what the term is, you know, mm -hmm. sporadic at times, because you do a campaign, you publish this in the newspaper, you do that, you do whatever. And today, it's all the time, every day, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and on the content side, I mean, you could do things 24 hours a day, there's always something else you can find to do a new channel a new campaign, a new content creative, you know, now let's do a live stream and a podcast, you know, mm -hmm. now let's do this. Can we do a podcast in the metaverse? I mean, it never, ever ends. So I think that might be still a, tra um, a traditional mindset a little bit where, where companies, they don't think of it like we have to do this every day. They think of it as we do this once a quarter. We do it. Yeah, you know, and you know, early. I think the I think the notion of every day maybe is a little bit exaggerated. But what I mean by consistency is not only the volume; it's also you know how you are faithful to the concept and to what mm -hmm. you do. To give you an example, take Airy, 
It's the, it's the underwear brand from American Eagle. They started already back in 2014, I think. They, that was their first campaign of showing unretouched model. And the whole idea was to empower a young women to feel comfortable in their body. This area became over the years one of the most favorite brands of Gen Z. And, but if you look at what they do, they consistently keep that message and they always do it in a very authentic manner. In 2016, they have real women in advertising, all races, all body shapes, all sizes. And then more recently, they had role models, which are internet influencers who made great impact in their various fields and they are there to inspire Gen Z. So once you decide to do to be an authentic brand, you just have to live by it. And everything that you do need to support that, whether it's on a daily basis, on a monthly basis, on a campaign basis. It's that consistency that resonates with this generation. Yeah, very interesting. And, and I'm glad to hear it that that's maybe where, where we have to go. Now, what um, what other things specifically work with Gen Z, uh, and especially how uh, how are those things different from other generations? On what worked with those generations? So, I think I think the whole notion of storytelling, which is really kind of sharing a very specific voice and a very specific personality, the whole idea of, of storytelling is that you humanizes your it humanizes your brand. You're no longer just a product that moved from A to B. And in that sense, I believe that it's a must have with Gen Z. They really want to see that. They will look at the brand as a person. I mean, partially because they think themselves as brands. And with previous generation, it was more like a nice to have, to have brand storytelling. And for your question of what really works with Gen Z, I think what Gen Z wants is to be inspired, informed, entertained, and engaged. So if you take these four principles, you know, inspired is, you know, how do you challenge the Gen Z audience to do more with their lives? Or, I mean, take Nike. Nike really inspires athletes of all backgrounds and all abilities to do better, to achieve their goal, to beat the odds. There's something very appealing to Gen Z when, you know, on inspirational content. Uh, of course, being informed, this is the most educated generation we ever have in the United States. You know, the lowest uh, high school dropout and the highest uh, college enrollment, they not, they're natural learners. They like to find answers to questions that they have. They like to learn things. They teach themselves new skills on YouTube. So educational content is also something that resonates with them. So what is it in your brand that you can use or what element of your brand you can use to educate um, the, you know, the, the target consumers? I think the other thing is, is really about entertainment. I mean, we can't underestimate the power of sense of humor and you just have to scroll through TikTok for 30 minutes to actually see how members of this generation like to use sense of humor to communicate and I think that's something that is also a one way to tell a brand story you know some some brands have 
pretty serious stories to tell, but you want to do it in an engaging, fun way. To give you an example, one of the one of the recent things I've seen from a company called Sheertex, it, it, it was just phenomenal. This is a company that uh, decided to create hosiery that doesn't rip. And it is a big problem for every woman who wears hosiery. We all know how it is to open a box and put on the, you know, your, to put on a, a new pair of stocking. And then before you know it, it's all full of trains. So it is an old problem. And they found a scientific solution for it by, by figuring out a very specific, um, a, very specific material to make very strong uh, hosiery. And their brand story and, and the video that tells their brand story is just hilarious. And, you know, I, I, could I could just watch it and, you know, smile and smile and laugh. But also I thought to myself, you know, someone else who doesn't really get this audience today could have made the same story in a more scientific and I wouldn't say even boring, but just not as engaging and humorous. So I think that's that's another thing that I would say work with Gen Z. Um, the other things that I could point to is um, is really the is really the whole kind of creation of community. So it's one thing to tell a story is another thing to bring people into your story and get them to participate. And, you know, companies like Fenty Beauty, they do a beautiful job when they launched their, uh, their brands. And their brands has a lot of great things to say about diversity, inclusion, how they managed to create luxury experience at a very affordable price. But the beauty of it is how people participated and contributed to that content and to that stories through their personal experiences. So creating that engagement and sense of community is, is, very, is very important. And, um, and last but not least is really, it's like, how do you entertain? How, you know, part of the reason people engage with brand stories is because it is part of their, you know, they, they want to be entertained. So many interesting uh, pieces you mentioned there. I mean, first of all, the the learning uh, piece is so fascinating to me because when I grew up, you learned something one time and now you knew how to do it. But today that doesn't work anymore because every time I log into my live streaming platform, something changed. Not every time, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Enough. Uh, sometimes, you know, there's a new feature. There's a new this. You have to learn different ways. Stuff mm -hmm. changes so quickly. So I think that's... Uh, we can probably all learn there from Gen Z. When you talk about community, though, so so when you were just talking, the first thing that came to my mind was Facebook group, right? Like you have a Facebook group, people build mm -hmm. a community. And my very strong opinion about Facebook groups is that I have yet to find one that doesn't end up being crap. And here's what mm -hmm. I mean by that. That doesn't mean everybody has to agree with everybody, but typically the bigger Facebook groups go, you know, the, the more people are in it. At some point, people are just not reading posts. People are just spewing, I don't want to say hate, but, you know, like they're just picking fights. And, mm -hmm. and yes, it started as a good community, but now it's, uh, it's a waste of time. It makes people feel bad uh, and people get in, uh, you know, um, you know, 
matches on there. Um, so, so how can we build community online or what's your definition of community? Is it the Facebook? Sure. No, I'm not talking at all about Facebook community because self, Facebook communities are self-managed and they, yeah. you know, it's supposed to be people with similar interests that communicate. And I think, you know, it's very easy for it to go off the rail. What I'm talking about is brand communities and brand community is actually managed by the brand and the brand created. And sometimes it's actually done in purpose, you know, brand decide to create communities. And it, it sometimes just happen organically. Like in the case of, uh, of Fenty, uh, the consumers who use Fenty are so taken by the courage of the brand to touch upon a topic that is very sensitive, like diversity and inclusion. By they, they appreciate what the brand has given them in terms of product, product quality, affordability, and they are engaging. They are showing how they use their products. They are sharing their opinions about different topics that the brand touches upon. So I think that's what I mean by, by community. And it's the same with Airy. Airy created a great uh, platform with their Airy Reel, where they actually talk about topics that Gen Z cares about. And it doesn't need to be always like super serious. It could be, we are going to show you how to decorate your dorm room you know, during back to school uh, period. Or we are going to talk about Christmas, uh, Christmas uh, table setting. And we're talking about mental health because we know it's a big issue for Generation Z. And people just feel comfortable to be there and share because it is a safe, it is a safe environment under that brand umbrella. And, and I think all these things are part of the story that the brand actually put out there because it's not only about one piece of advertising. I mean, brands should act like a person. It's like it's a living thing. And, and you tell that stories in different ways, in different times, through different mechanisms. You know, having these communities, having these communities too, what's really helpful is uh, people can learn from each other, right? Uh, mm -hmm. How do you wear this one piece of clothing? How do you, uh, whatever, right? Depend. I mean, it depends on what the brand is, what they're going to be talking about. Uh, but I've seen that work really well. Um, so if you make that work, um, fantastic for brands. Uh, earlier, you talked about um, everybody is now a creator. And certainly there is a difference when I look at some of my children's creations, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. They don't really have, I mean, they, they may have a goal of what they're trying to do and they can't verbalize it. But I would say they don't really have a, a business goal to do it, right? Mm -hmm. Or a brand goal or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so that's it's kind of interesting to see that yes everybody's a creator but sometimes people are just kind of posting stuff to you know show off their driving down the road or whatever how how do brands work with this new generation of creators like how do you uh, how does that look in practice so I think, you know, there are different levels of creators, obviously the one yeah. that became very successful and have really engaging and creative content became, you know, what we call now the mega and the mega influencers or, you know, the smaller influencers, but they have great, a great number of followers. And, and I think it's impossible to think today about a, 
talking to Gen Zers without using, to some extent, uh, social media influencers. Because in the end of the day, Gen Zers looks at these influencers and they feel, these are people like me. I can trust them. This is not a brand that has an agenda. And I, you know, they just tell me how they use their product. They give me their experience. And I, therefore, I trust them more than I trust the brand. So I think one thing that it addresses is just the trust issue, which is a big issue in this country right now, you know, for on, on so many levels. But I think the rela with relationship with brands, it's one thing that helps to build trust with this consumer. Build trust with the consumer, work with them. Um, and, you know, tell their stories uh, and help them tell your stories. It certainly, I just published a consumer study earlier on the Vox Pop Me uh, market research blog, voxpopme.com. And that's actually, it was about social media ads, not necessarily social media, just business stories. Uh, but people said that. They said, you know, if I see somebody in an ad that I know because they're an influencer to me, they're a blogger or whatever, uh, it certainly has a different impact already. How do brands, how do, how do you recommend, how do brands, um, and we don't have to get too technical on this. We've only got about a, a 80 seconds left here. Um, okay. How do brands identify um, the, the influencers that they should work with? I guess you have to be you have to be out there on social media. Some brands use, are using a, are using agencies that are connecting yeah, them yeah. to influencers. These are kind of like two most common ways. But just before we, we go, I'd like to actually point out that one of the biggest opportunities I see for brands is to actually co-create with Gen Z, create a Gen Z community that can be kind of a sounding board for your campaigns, for your product development. Gen Z love to to participate in the processes of the brands that they love. There was a study just recently that was published by IBM and the National Retail Federation that suggested that 44% of Gen Z would love to design products for their brands or develop digital content. So I think getting, getting that kind of, if you like, small board of Gen Zers could add a lot of value to any brand. Well, and even if they don't create the products per se, it certainly sounds like they would be willing to offer their feedback and in Absolutely. depth and participate in that um, as well. Hannah, it was great to see you again. Thank you so thank much you so for much. joining us. Yeah, thank and you. Everyone, you bet. Awesome. And everyone, check out her book. Um, um, already had it up here. Gen Z 360, available on Amazon. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.